0: Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast, where we open our
1: Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible Williams, and this is week two of our Deuteronomy series, Love the Lord Your God. And we are really going to start getting into the thick of it this week. It's going to be great. We are excited about this book of the Bible. It has so much to offer. It teaches us so much about God, and we're just so thankful for it. And we're thankful for our guest this week. Tasha Calvert is the Global Director of Women's Ministry at Prestonwood. That is a really big title. I'm going to summarize it for you and tell you that this is a Woman who knows and loves her Bible, and she loves to walk the women of her church through books of the Bible, which she does regularly, one book at a time with the women of her church, and we knew immediately that we would be kindred spirits with Tasha, and that proved to be true. So I think you're going to love this episode. We all learned a lot together. We talked about the things we didn't understand, and we just gave thanks to God for His Word. So I hope this episode blesses you like it did us. Let's get right to it.
0: We recorded with Jen Wilkin this morning, and I sat down, and the first thing I said to her was, my hair looks better in person. <laughs> so she teed up our she Deuteronomy got, study. Oh, did yeah, she? Like, oh, gosh. Yeah, so she she was all, I have one to follow Jen? Yeah, yeah she's yeah, right? <laughs> so wise.
2: <laughs> Tasha, you are coming to us from the desert. I am. Literally the desert. Feels very appropriate. feels appropriate. It and is. And what is
1: the name of the desert?
2: Moab. Is that not providential? <laughs> I am in Moab. Now, I am in Utah, so that is maybe a little bit different. But I will tell you, as we have been touring the national parks (laughs) with all of the plains and the dirt and the—like, it's Uh just—nothing is out here. I mean, we are in the middle of nowhere. I just keep thinking, like, I am very much connecting with the Israelites right now. So— Yeah. Now, I'm in a conference room of a hotel at this very moment. But most of the week, I have been (laughs) outside in the virtual desert, so— I was going
0: to say, I'm so impressed that you have a good Wi-Fi connection and grateful.
1: It is impressive. <laughs>
0: Yes. Hopefully so. Well, and we'll see. So we are uh, jumping into week two of our five-week Deuteronomy study. And as we mentioned, Jen Wilkin kicked off week yes. one with us, which just, what a gal. We love her so much. And we that do. conversation, she just, and she brought us right back to Jesus at the end in just such a beautiful way. So for those of you listening who maybe didn't get to listen to week one, this is your new information, or for those of you listening, listen, this is your reminder that the book of Deuteronomy is not... These events that happen in Exodus, it's not them happening again, Mm -hmm. or it's not like real time. This is the book of Deuteronomy, is kind of a series of speeches from Moses where he's telling the people of Israel their history and then kind of sending them forward, reminding them of God's laws, and then saying, I'm not going to be able to join you in the promised land. I'm sorry to say, and like we'll unpack that in a Mm -hmm. future date. But this is how you should live in the mm-hmm. promised land. The, the phrase that Jen used was, because we talked about it was kind of like Moses is sending his kids to college and he can't go with yeah. them. <laughs> um, but she said he's giving them roots and shoots. Oh, um, he's good. reminding them of where they've come from and telling them where to go. That's and good. so that's just a helpful framing for me as we go into Deuteronomy week two. Anyway, I'm excited.
1: Yeah. And this reading plan that we have, so we read scripture every day. And with the plan that we're in, the study that we're in right now, we call a reading plan. And in this reading plan, we're approaching Deuteronomy in four sections. And so last week, we actually did like a section and a half, um, or the start of the section two. And so we talked about God's faithfulness to Israel, because these are the chapters where Moses is just you know telling the stories. And then he gets into reciting like God's law and reminding them and expounding on God's law. Again, it's not really new information. It's just more Mm -hmm. information. Mm -hmm. And so this section is life as the people of God. And that's still where we are here in week two, we're in this life as the people of God section. So we're establishing like God is holy, God is faithful. How are you, nation of Israel, to live in response yeah. to who God is and who God has been and is and will be to you? Like, How are you going to live now? Mm-hmm. And so that's where we are.
0: Yeah. We pick right. up on day eight, and Moses is telling the people of Israel the story of him receiving the Ten Commandments. And of course, we remember how that went. But (laughs) But here's what I know, Tasha, you told us before we hit record that you have personally enjoyed the study of covenants and specifically like the Mosaic law. That's where we are on day eight. He's saying like, Mm -hmm. this is how, like, and I love chapter nine, verse 10, on the day of the assembly, the Lord gave me the two stone tablets inscribed by God's finger, which just feels like Absolutely mind blowing. Right. But then he goes on to tell the story about the <laughs> mm-hmm. shattering of the tablets and then, then God inscribing them again. Talk to us, Tasha, about the Mosaic Law and what
2: is exactly, how is this a covenant? Well, the thing that I love about the Mosaic Law and this covenant is it's one of the very few bilateral covenants. And what that means is, for instance, the Abrahamic covenant. Well, that was something that was accomplished by God alone. And obviously, anytime you enter into a covenant with God He's going to do all the heavy lifting. But by the Mosaic law, we see that the Israelites kind of have some skin in the game, right? Like, they Mm -hmm. are not just put to sleep like Abraham was. They are actually told, like you were talking about, that there is a way in which they're supposed to live. There is something they have to do, and it sets up this, like— reciprocal relationship between the Israelites and between God, that if you're going to be obedient, yeah. if you're going to follow this law, then you're going to experience blessing. And when you know God's character, I mean, He's infallible. So He can be counted on to uphold His end of the covenant. And of course, covenants were mm-hmm. so familiar back then. So this would they totally understood this type of relationship, but they also had, could count on the fact that if they were disobedient, they were going to experience punishment. And I love how when you read verse 10 there about God giving them the law, and then, of course, what happens is that's it's broken. That's not like an angry thing. You know, they broke mm-hmm. the law. So we're starting over again. And so this reciprocal relationship that they have, this covenant that's bilateral, so God has a part in it and Israel has a part in it. Both of them have to participate. It is so interesting because they are going to experience the ups and downs of it. I mean, they're going to see it over and over and still, yeah. Yeah. still continue to fail in it. And yet God will every mm-hmm. single time be faithful. So in a bilateral covenant with God, you just have to know you're, you're going to be the one that messes that up. And, and that's what yeah. we, we see going on and on here. And he isn't
0: unclear about what the expectation is no. and he isn't unclear about what the consequences of disobedience are. That's um, right. Mm-hmm. That's yep. right. And they're hard. Deuteronomy is it's such a privilege to get to read this book. This yeah. Like I'm so grateful that we're here after our summer study. And um there are hard things in this book. Like what happens when yes. Israel disobeys is not God winking at sin. It is no. it is tough. Yeah. 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 No. yeah.
1: He's upholding his holiness. And we, you know, we see when Moses receives the Ten Commandments and then Israel disobeys and they are a stiff necked people. You know, we get Mm -hmm. that phrase a few times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They are a stiff necked people. We, you know, humans are a stiff necked people. And so we see this really remarkable moment. Mm-hmm. Um, where Moses intercedes and just like That's where right. he understands, you can see in Moses that he is understanding the gravity, like you just said, Rachel, the gravity of what is happening. Mm-hmm. And so we have this passage in Deuteronomy 9 where he's telling the story that he, you know, they had made the golden calf and they, he crushes it. He it says he grinds it into a powder. Um, I yep. mean, this is not subtlety. Like, this no. is like, no, this cannot happen. Mm-hmm. And then in verse 22, you continued to provoke. That word provoke is so strong yeah. to me. You continued to provoke the Lord. Uh, and I'm mm-hmm. going to say all the names wrong. We all know this about mm-hmm. us. So it's okay. You continue to provoke the Lord at Tabra, Massa, <laughs> and Ke- Kibroth Hadava. Great job. Thank you. When the that Lord was good. sent you, mm-hmm. thank you. Well, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. When the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea, he said, "Go up and possess the land I have given you. You rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You did not believe or obey him. Mm. You have been rebelling against the Lord ever since I have known you." <sighs> I had that oh, it underlined. It just breaks my heart. It's it, yeah. it yes. Yes. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It is. In verse 25, I, Moses, I fell down in the presence of the Lord 40 days and 40 nights because the Lord had threatened to destroy you. And I prayed to the Lord. And this prayer, it it just begins, Lord God, do not annihilate your people, your inheritance, whom you redeemed through your greatness and brought out of Egypt with a strong hand. Remember your servants. I mean, it just keeps going, reminding them that they're your people, reminding God, they're your people, your inheritance, whom you brought out by your great power and outstretched arm. God hasn't forgotten no who they are. But mm-hmm. there's such a you know I just want us to like pause for a minute and think about that of like what is Moses doing here in right. the way he is talking to God about
0: Well, and um, he's the people. appealing to
1: God based
0: on the righteousness of God. Yes. He's not appealing to God based on like these people can do better or listen, they're not as bad as you think. Yes. Or just give them another shot. It is just like Lord, you are righteous. Right? Yeah. Remember your and inheritance. It's Remember exactly your people. Remember your—yeah, yeah.
1: That's right. I exactly. also—I
0: love seeing these little—and Deuteronomy just happens to be so full of this, these Echo is the wrong word because it comes before, but they feel like New Testament echoes or the New Testament echoes Deuteronomy so much. But even like when you see, anytime you see like 40 days and 40 nights, like that happens Mm -hmm. at the ark, that happened in the wilderness uh, with Jesus and the temptation. And I think about that he did this, he did these 40 days and 40 nights because the Lord had threatened to destroy Israel. And so like to appeal to the Lord on behalf of Israel. And I think about Jesus in the wilderness and how he went, he went away for Reasons that we don't all even fully understand. We don't know all the reasons. But I think about the way that Jesus appealed to God on our behalf. Yeah. And I think even about the story of Jesus asleep in the boat with the disciples and the storm comes and they shout to Jesus, Don't you even care that we are perishing? Mm-hmm. And the irony of that statement that their bodies are going to perish one way or the other, but their souls are perishing, and that's why he came. Right. And I, just, I think about that Moses here cares that the people of Israel are perishing yeah. on a soul level. Not on a body level. And so just like seeing those echoes is the wrong word, mm-hmm. but the way that the New Testament echoes the Old Testament in right. these like these appealing to the Lord for the
2: souls of mankind. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, just the veracity of scripture from beginning to end mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's accidental, of course, that this comes right in front of chapter 10, which is where we get the priesthood and just that precursor yes. Yes. to needing a mediator, needing somebody to come and help in this situation to remind them of right. the law, to intercede on their behalf. And that's where we get the tribe right. of Levi then getting asked to carry the ark and being set apart. And of yes. course, just like you said, kind of pointing to that that great mediator that is to come in the New Testament. It's just all so intricately amazing and mm-hmm. um. I don't know how people don't fall in love with the Bible. It's they do. They do when they get into it. That's the thing. No, absolutely. That's the thing. When you get into it, you can't help. It's just it's a deep ocean that we can swim in. It's awesome. Absolutely. That's right.
1: It's exactly right and we our friends listening who read with us at Lent are going to remember a this, lot this about yeah. about Levi and I mean that's just one of the things yeah. that you know you'll just keep hearing those mm-hmm. um those little connections and it's just it's just so beautiful.
0: The payoff of reading scripture over time is so rich to be yes. able to I mean I experienced this personally and I got excited for our community reading, you know, the line where the Levites aren't getting a piece of land is their inheritance and the scripture says the Lord is his inheritance. Mm-hmm. And I just thought like, oh, I know yeah. I know yeah. about that. I remember yeah. that. And I just I'm so grateful for the joy of
1: reading scripture over time. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I love that reminder, Tasha, that it is God's kindness that he gives us this law. And it is that he's giving his people a law. And it's mm-hmm. this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 10 Starting in verse 12. Actually, could I ask you, Tasha, to read some of that for us? Just maybe verses 12
0: through 15. Do 12 through 20. It's also (laughs) good. Oh, man. It's so good. It's all underlined.
2: Okay. Stop whenever you want. (laughs) Yes. I'll go all the way. I'm all in on this. Okay, okay. starting at verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you except to fear the Lord your God by walking in all His ways, to love Him, to worship the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul? Keep the Lord's commands and statutes I am giving you today for your own good. The heavens, Mm -hmm. indeed, the highest heavens, belong to the Lord your God, as does the earth and everything in it. Yet the Lord had His heart set on your ancestors and loved them. He chose their descendants after them. He chose you out of all the peoples as it is today. Mm. Therefore, circumcise your hearts and don't be stiff-necked any longer. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, mighty, and all inspiring God, showing no partiality. I'm going right to James in my mind during (laughs) reading that. And taking no bribe, verse eighteen. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the resident alien, giving him food and clothing. You are also to love the resident alien. Since you were resident aliens in the land of Egypt, you are to mm-hmm. fear the Lord your God and worship him. Remain faithful to him and take oaths in his name.
1: Ooh, this is
2: the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so it says in verse 19, you are also to love the resident aliens since you were resident Mm -hmm. aliens in the land of Egypt. You know, one of the things that is the hardest for people studying the Old Testament to understand is the occupation of the promised land, that we're to go in and Mm -hmm. we're to occupy the land and drive the people out. But you get to see the heart of God right here. His heart was not... To go in and to kill everybody and to browbeat people. And it was not that those people were not important. He has always loved people. That has always been his heart. That was about the fact that these were wicked people and that he was going in and giving them this inheritance. And so there was like a different design there for that. And I love getting to see the heart of God, that he was using Israel to go into this place that was so wicked. They were about to go in there. I mean, Moses is setting them up. They're about to go in and occupy a land that has been given to them. And Mm -hmm. they are worshiping false gods. And so God's vehicle for coming in— And changing the world, really, getting it ready for Jesus, is Israel. And so He's trying to fortify them. But it was never about like hating on the other people. It was always about making this place for one true God. And I just Mm -hmm. love seeing little places like that in Scripture where we get to see His heart shine through. Because I think it's tough. I mean, the Old Testament is tough. Yeah. I think that you're right, and
0: I love thinking about what you just read. By the way, what a beautiful Bible reader you are. Yes. That was just Aww, so thanks. nice to just listen to. <laughs> just... But we hear this language, this even this in the CSB, the section heading for what you read is called What God Requires. Mm-hmm. To me, it makes me think right to Micah 6.8, where Micah says, you know, mankind, he has told each of you what is good and what it is the Lord requires of you. And that verse, that's something we teach our children to memorize, right? right? But I think that it is interesting. I so often think about the to act justly, to love faithfulness, to walk humbly with your God, Mm -hmm. but I kind of skip that kind of verse 8 Part A, where it says, "Mankind, he has told each of you what is good and what the Lord requires of you." This is Micah, an Old Testament prophet, way after right. these things happened. But he's going, we know it is not a mystery, and also it is a requirement. That's right, it's not a suggestion, and there are consequences when you yep. don't do what is. Required. That's yeah.
1: right. Um, it's a strong word. Require is a strong word. It's not what the Lord wants from you. No. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a language we use a lot, you know? Right. And this is what the Lord wants. What the Lord yeah. wants. But mm. require is strong. And I think it's helpful for me to remember... The difference between suggestion and yeah. command. <laughs> yeah. And especially because there are going to be, I mean, we're going to get there this week in some reading where it just, it hits our mm-hmm. 2021 ears in a way where we just are like, man, that just seems unnecessary or too harsh or not like what we think God should be yeah. like. But this is God upholding what He has already said. And That's to end right you know and he is holy and yeah. he is just these aren't things that he does Mm-mm. these are qualities that he possesses in full measure all the time that's right and so and that's what he it's wants just helpful too. to remember that's right yeah that's what he yeah.
2: wants cuz that yeah. acting justly like if you look at the laws of the land in the region when you go back to numbers and stuff, and you're talking about some of these really specific laws that don't make a lot of sense to us in, you know, right. 21st century America, mm-hmm. what you have to understand is the laws in the Near East at that time were not just. Like, there was just so much. Mm-hmm. The paganism that had infiltrated there. Yeah. So when, when you've got this just God coming in and wanting His people to go in and bring that type of justice to the land, that is better overall for everyone. And that's directly mm-hmm. tied to what we were just talking about, what you were just talking about, Amanda, mm-hmm. which is that He requires that of us. And so that's yeah. what He was requiring of Israel to go in, because it was going to change the world. And there, you know, so again, it's that flipping the switch a little bit on how we frame it, that it wasn't it wasn't going in to destroy, it was going up to build in and bring a greater justice, a greater good, a savior. And of course we know how That's exactly they, they right. didn't do it greatly. But <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> but, but you're exactly right that God was taking them out of a place. Maybe there were social structures, maybe there were laws, maybe there were rules, but by and large, these were a nomadic people coming mm-hmm. to—we us. talked about this last week—coming to establish a place and a community— and the fact that he established that he did away with social hierarchy in terms of who wins with God, That's who is more right. important to God, it's just so different. It's so upside down already from yeah. what everyone else, what other nations were doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. and we move into chapter 11 in the second day of this week. So this is day nine of the study, which we have titled Remember and Obey, which immediately makes me sing the hymn Trust and Obey <laughs> in my head <laughs> because I grew Not up. It's gonna and be in my a, head. I, I grew up in a hymnal. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. But chapter eleven is interesting because it's a little bit of like a a connector. Like we start to, it's repeating. Moses is repeating a lot that he's already said. Like I've marked, we've got a couple of like so that. And so, yes. like, we're starting to get, like, the motivation for obedience, and it's kind of setting the stage now as he's going to begin in the subsequent chapters to get very detailed. Like, we'll get laws about worship, laws about caring for the poor. I mean, it's going to continue to go, because we're going to keep reading in the coming days and weeks. But, I love
0: that, though. I hadn't noticed that Amanda and I were talking before we got to connect with you, Tasha, and Amanda was pointing those out to me, and I was like, you're totally right. Like, these so that's, these then's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's this, like, these calls to obedience include the motivation to obey, and that's so helpful to see. It's so helpful that, to kind of grab some structure on what's happening here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think this passage in Deuteronomy 11, starting in verse verse 8, keep every command I'm giving you today. This is Moses again speaking. So that you may have the strength to cross into and possess the land you are to inherit. And so that you may live long in the land the Lord swore to your ancestors to give them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. Again, things that we've already heard, but Mm -hmm. he's reiterating... In verse 10, for the land you are entering to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, but where you sowed your seed and irrigated by hand as in a vegetable garden. But the land you are entering to possess is a land of mountains and valleys watered by rain from the sky. It is a land the Lord your God cares for. Mm. He is always watching over it from the beginning to the end of the year, which that's just beautiful. Mm. And there's so many, I love, love, love all of, there's this undertone I sometimes feel subtle and sometimes really obvious of just like he is a relational God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that he has been tending this land. Mm-hmm. Like, per, you know, God is the personal gardener for this land that yeah. he is giving to his people. It's just, it's Which just would beautiful.
2: Have been, that just would have been so comforting to them because they were, I mean, that was all on them. They're responsible for irrigation. They're responsible for anything that happens. And so mm. to say, we're going to move you in here, and then God's going to take care of that. You know, yeah. He's going yeah. to tend. This is something He cares about. Wow. I mean, that would be like somebody coming in and saying, I'm going to cook dinner for your family for the whole next month.
0: <laughs> yes, thank you. That would yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, it would. Same.
0: But as we talk about covenants, what follows what Amanda just read is exactly that. It's, you know, each of mm-hmm. these calls to obedience sort of includes a motivation to obey, whether it's positive or negative. That's and right. so after what Amanda read, it says, if you carefully obey my commands I'm giving you today to love the Lord your God and worship him with all your heart and all your soul, I will provide rain for your land in the proper time, the autumn and the spring rains, and you will harvest your grain, new wine and fresh oils. I'll provide grass in your field for your livestock. You will eat and be satisfied Satisfied, but here's the warning Be careful that you are not enticed to turn aside, serve Mm -hmm. and bow and worship to other gods. Mm -hmm. Then, and so instead of a so that we get a then, Mm -hmm. then the Lord's anger will burn against you. He will shut the sky and there will be no rain. The land will not yield its produce and you will perish quickly from the good land the Lord is giving you. Mm -hmm. Like you said, Tasha, like in a covenant, it's bilateral. There are blessings to obedience and then there are consequences to disobedience.
2: That's right. And how sad it is that we have to be reminded so often. I'm going to get a little—I'm going to show you my age and the age of my daughters here. But this always reminds (laughs) me, all of these remembering of—there's a song that Taylor Swift sings. (laughs) Did I put that on my bio, that I can often connect Scripture to Taylor Swift lyrics?
1: (laughs) It's you did gift. not, but I feel like you should include that. Yes, it's, I'm looking at gift. your bio I will, now. I will be it sure to and be add that next time. But there's a
2: song she sings, and she's heartbroken over this guy, and the catchy phrases, and then one magical night. I forgot that you existed, and I thought that it would kill me, but it didn't. And I just always think that, like, that is our nature. Like, just how God's nature hasn't changed, our nature doesn't change either. And we think that we're going to remember we have these mountaintop experiences, these things that just sear us to our core, and then we forget. And that is exactly what—he's like, Moses is so right to be cautioning them, don't forget, don't forget, because they Mm -hmm. will— And we do too, but yeah, gosh,
1: yeah, it's tragic, Mm -hmm. really is. Well, it is, and I want to think for a minute because you're exactly right. And you know, we get this link between obedience to the Lord and in worship, and obedience to the Lord and love for the Lord, and like that obedience is linked to both of those things. Like I would say, I love the Lord. Are you know, it's like with Jesus, do yeah. you love me? Feed my sheep. Yeah, right. And you That's know, right. so I wonder what it is about us that makes that like so. Why are we so easily enticed and like ensnared? You know, those yeah. words that are used so often mm-hmm. in Deuteronomy, but also to remember that. For the Lord, when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, like love equals obedience. That's it's like right. with Jesus, like loving Jesus equals following Jesus, yes. walking in his way. And like we I read
0: last week, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, we have that here in this reading in day nine, 1 John 5 1 through 4. Tasha, would you read that for us? Absolutely. Everyone
2: who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of Him. This is how we know that we love God's children. When we love God and obey His commands, for this is what love for God is, to keep His commands, and His commands are not a burden, because everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world.
1: Our faith. Beautiful. Our little old faith. Yep. Mm -hmm. it really is. And it's so beautiful. And like you spend your time, a large portion of your time with studying the Bible with women, right? Absolutely. And, and leading them. And so I just want to pause for a second and talk to our friends who are listening and to each other mm-hmm. um, about that connection between obedience and love. Like, and maybe, I don't know, just like what is when you're talking with your gals at your church? How do you address this? Like, how does that come up? Because it can strike our ear different at different seasons. Mm -hmm. You know, it can seem harsh, and then it can seem like, oh, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. yeah. But then when we get to words like require, it's hard. Yes. No, and that is, I mean— this
2: seems trite, but I always tease because of course what you think of when you think of a church ministry is and a women's, you know, minister is, well, she leads the Bible study. And so my big saying is Bible study is not a class you take, it's a rhythm you keep as a believer. And the reason yeah. why I frame Amen. it like that <laughs> <laughs> well, louder, Tasha, louder. Yeah, because <laughs> what else do we have? I mean, what else do we have? There have been people through. I mean, Adam and Eve were more set up for success than anybody in the history of ever. And they still failed. And so women come in and y'all, oh my gosh, especially even since COVID, like there is some hard stuff out there. And, and so, hard, and so yeah. we just cannot be going through life riding the roller coaster. Get off the roller coaster. Like truth is in scripture. And so I think, you know, Amanda, when you were talking a little bit before, we we just read that last section in First John, you were saying, like, what is it about us? Like, there's a requirement for obedient. Well, I think the little ways that we get up every day and we're obedient, we get in God's Word, we spend time worshiping, we, we talk to Him in prayer, those are the things that keep that love. Because otherwise, we do just forget it. And so when women come in, I mean, I can't tell you, like, y'all, some of the things I hear, I will sit there and think, Lord, Why have you let her walk through that? That is too much, you know, and I just, and so the only possible thing that we can give anybody else is God's word and his truth and having faith and knowing him well enough. You know, it says the victory that's conquered the world, our faith. Well, you don't have Hmm. that kind of victory conquering faith if you don't know the God that you have faith in. And the primary that's right. way that's right. he has revealed himself is through his word. So we have to know his word. And I don't think it's accidental mm-hmm. that, I mean, Moses' swan song, if you will, which is basically the book of yeah. Deuteronomy, is him, he's recapitulating the law. He's reminding them. He's, right. he's giving it to him again. He's telling them everything because that is what they're going to need to know. And I don't think that's changed. I think that's what we need to know, too. It's mm-hmm. really it's I always tell people, it's really the only thing I have to give you is God's word. I don't have great advice. Yes. I haven't done it right. I I don't have a counseling degree. I can pray for you, I can be a listening ear, but you have to know God's word. It has to be in you. And you have to have faith yeah. in that God that you serve because this life is hard. I mean, it's really yeah, yeah. hard, especially for some people. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it is. Uh, thank it you is. so much for that. <laughs> I needed that, and I yeah, I receive it. It's
0: and so golly, help, like so Bible study isn't a class you take. It's a habit in your it's life. A it's a rhythm.
1: It's a rhythm. In the life keep. of a believer. Yep. Oh, mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes and amen. And worship. I mean, we go into day 10. He starts to yeah. get into the, I want to say nitty gritty, so I'm going to say it. the nitty gritty <laughs> of the law, but like we get instructions for worship yeah like choosing a place to worship and yeah. how to do sacrifices and all of that and slaughtering so, animals slaughtering eat. animals to eat yeah. yes and so but this all matters mm, because matters. this is given out of care and mm, love yes. for god's people and
0: and if there's one thing that deuteronomy teaches us and there are many but if there's one thing it is that obedience matters yes right pay attention to the law know the law and live the law like know what it is
1: Two things we've learned by opening our Bibles alongside you all for the past nine years is that you don't have to be a theologian or a pastor to read Scripture. And God gives believers the tools we need to go where He calls. If you're questioning whether you're really capable of digging deeper into the Bible or following God out of your comfort zone, I want you to make a plan to participate in our upcoming study on the book of Acts. We're going to get a history lesson on the early church, and we'll see how God equips unlikely people like me and Rachel and you to do kingdom work when we have the Holy Spirit. So mark your calendars and join us. We'll begin the study together on October 4th, and study books are available in the shop right now. As a podcast listener, you can enjoy 10% off of your Acts resources with the code SRTActs at checkout. So go get yours now. Listen to this in Deuteronomy 12. I'm going to start in verse 8. This makes me think of Kings, so you'll hear it too. But verse 8 You are not to do as we are doing here today. Everyone is doing whatever Mm -hmm. seems right in his own sight. Mm. Indeed, you have not yet come into the... He's talking about worship. Indeed, you have not yet come into the resting place and inheritance the Lord your God is giving you. When you cross the Jordan and live in the land, the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, and he gives you rest from all the enemies around you, and you live in security, then the Lord your God will choose the place to have his name dwell. And then he goes on to talk about like bringing offerings. Mm -hmm. Um, And even later in verse 13, be careful not to offer your burnt offerings in all the sacred places you see. Like there are going to be sacred places, in -hmm. air quotes, all over the place because their people are inhabiting this land and they have gods. That's right. And Mm -hmm. they have lowercase g gods. But you, verse 14, must offer your burnt offerings only in the place the Lord chooses. In one of your tribes, and there you must do everything I command you. Mm -hmm. So he's giving them the gift of making clear here, if you are to worship me, if you choose to worship me, I'm going to explain to you how to do that and how your worship is going to look different than theirs. And there
0: are no shortcuts. Mm -mm. No, there are no shortcuts to obeying God. And God doesn't take shortcuts in caring for his people.
1: It's like when you tell your kids, do you tell your kid? I mean, where it's like, I'll be like, mm, partial obedience yeah. is not obedience. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I'm like,
2: mm, sorry. This reminds me of that but, place yes. in Matthew, and I don't have the reference right off the top of my head, but where it says, you know, seek me and you will find me. Because that's right. Because God has always rewarded the seekers. And so he's right. kind of telling Israel here, okay, yeah, I know that everybody is worshiping at high places and trees and whatever, but I want you to seek out the place I'm gonna show you to worship mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna find that worship there. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be there with you. Yeah. And that, again, just the consistency, it just blows my mind, y'all. The consistency yes, yes. of just, he's always he's always rewarded the seeker. He's He's always yeah. given us... What we need to have fellowship with him. He desires that. Yeah. But we want to Thanks take shortcuts, mm-hmm. sadly.
1: And he gives all these instructions. Moses mm-hmm. is reiterating all these instructions. And at the end of a few of them, it's like, because, so he's like, here's what you do, because you will be doing what is right in the Lord's sight. So we That's just right. said, you know, right now everyone's doing what's right in their own eyes, essentially, if we want to quote, Kings, but then, and if you do this, you're going to be doing what is right in the Lord's sight. And that's what we care about, right? Um, And if you do it this way, you're going to be doing what is good in the sight of the Lord, your God. Mm -hmm. And so I love that juxtaposition because that's a lot of just what Deuteronomy is. It's like, here's what everyone else is going to be doing. Here's what my people are going to do. That's right. And this is not a... You know, we keep going into, like, care for the poor and all of these things. And like you pointed out, the resident alien, it's not an every man for himself vibe here. Mm -hmm. This is a community vibe where we are actually looking out for those who are pushed aside and caring for them.
2: That's right. It's
1: just very different. It's very different.
0: This talk about worship, Amanda and I were talking
1: over lunch today,
0: about worship and what it looks like as a believer to worship, mm-hmm. a believer in the one true God, but also kind of just the idea that as human beings made in the image of God, we are made for worship. And so often we worship the wrong things, and there's one thing that we should worship, right? That's right. One with a capital O. Yeah. And we were just talking about, Amanda and I were talking about, you know, what does it look like for a believer to worship the one true God, and then what does it look like for a believer or a non-believer to worship something else? And I, we were just kind of like thinking about, you know, okay, well, we, we schedule worship as believers, yeah. okay, like what else does it look like? But then also, it's so subtle, the ways that we, and like ensnared is a word that we mm-hmm. see a lot in Deuteronomy, we are ensnared to worship so many other things, and it's just subtle yeah. we subtly worship and often it's ourselves like I think that like we think about like objects that we worship but mm-hmm. I think also we we subtly worship ourselves anyway or not so subtly or not right. so subtly thank I you mean, um, yeah right yeah. anyway it was just a, it was something to just like I didn't have like a great landing place on that but it was just an interesting thing to think about if we are a set apart people and we are called to do something that is so special we're invited to worship God. How can and should and does that just look totally different
2: than any other type of worship? Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. Like there God mm-hmm. does have some expectations for his people. He did then and mm-hmm. he does now. And mm-hmm. going to church is not, yeah. you know, it's not a checking the box thing. It's a it's a heart. Are you engaged and um mm-hmm. yeah. and seeking? Are you seeking that maybe that's the better way mm-hmm. to just boil it down? Are you seeking? To worship God in the ways that he's calling you to worship God? Or are yeah. you seeking mm-hmm. to check that box that, hey, I watched a sermon, I listened to a podcast, I read a chapter? Yeah. You know, it's the heart with God. That's it's the heart. It's
0: yeah. always the heart. That's exactly right.
1: Yep. And I mean, we're going to keep saying that throughout Deuteronomy too that the heart is what we're after here, it's what right. matters most. And Rachel, I know this is not the answer you were looking for, but if any of our friends listening, are intrigued by that question about what it looks like. We did a study not too long ago. I mean, how long ago? Anyway, not too long ago on worship called In Spirit and in Truth. That's right. And then one of the things that comes to mind for me is that there are a lot of, I don't know if paradox is the right word, but interesting juxtapositions and almost supernatural juxtapositions when we worship the one true God because it's Reverence and like mm-hmm. a fear, like a holy fear of, of God, but there's also joy and freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so it's, I think like there is something and maybe it's, it's probably appropriate that we can't put our finger on it exactly, but there is something unique and different, a lot more than something. The believers worship of God versus other types mm-hmm. of worship of, False gods, you that's know, exactly right. is it is marked, and yeah. it's, we know that like it's marked by love, not just for God but for others. And so I think that's we good. can, when we look at our worship of other things what or other I love, people, I like that. Yeah, I mean that's what Jesus tells yeah. us, right? Yeah. And Paul, and like if we look at other types of worship or the worship of other things or people, it starts to fall apart. Like yeah. it may be very like reverent but not joyful or very mm. you know not marked by love that's right and yeah i so i don't know to be continued I will also add
0: Matt Redman has a podcast about worship and he actually like just oh, to, like a, adding like other resources, like that's yeah. he does these this or that's where he kind of pairs two ways to worship and like examines them both and it's oh, interesting. really beautiful. Yeah, and that's so cool. that like we can link to that, but that's another good that's resource good, well, as indeed. we talk about worship.
2: As you were just saying that, I was thinking about something I read this week on the way up here. It was I wish I remembered which commentary it was, but I don't. But they were talking about the fact that worship is very tied to justice in the book of Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. And that would would be because of the specific, you know, how he specifies, God specifies how he is to be worshiped. And apparently at that time, all the false worship that was taking place took place outdoors. Of course, they were worshiping creation rather than the creator. A lot of it was very sexual in nature and just, I mean, really awful stuff. And so God sets, himself apart to be worshiped in this way, in these specific ways, as to not be confused, like what you were just saying, Amanda, that mm-hmm. it, you yeah. didn't want it to be confused with what was taking place in other places, in paganism. Yeah. And so, all very interesting. Yeah, I have like the most
0: beautiful transition here. This works out beautifully, because at the end of every service at our church, our pastor says the line, as our final act of worship— We will be giving. And so, Mm -hmm. like, everybody Mm -hmm. has their own way and varying levels of liturgy, but sort of our order of service, the final act of worship is giving. And we talk every Sunday about how giving is an act of worship. And I think that that's such a beautiful transition here into day 11, where we're now talking about caring for the poor and giving. We did, back in January, some of y'all will remember, we did a study called Faith and Practice, and we looked at spiritual disciplines. And Amanda, I remember that as we were way back, you know, months and months and months before that, trying to figure out, you know— how we were going to drill down to our list of spiritual disciplines that we were going to examine that study. And it wasn't exhaustive, but—and I was like, well, tithe is for sure a spiritual discipline. And we went then to Scripture, and we were like, how is this true or not true? Mm-hmm. And we actually found that a more accurate description of a uh, spiritual discipline was the word giving mm-hmm. rather than tithe. And it was just interesting to, like, kind just of— Just broader. It l- yeah. is a more—a broader— Maybe even truly more biblical look at it, because I think we get very zeroed in as believers on the act of tithing and that 10% number that we see and kind of forget the way that Jesus talks about giving and the Mm -hmm. way that we're called. That giving is this act of worship because it acknowledges that everything we have is from the Lord. Right, yeah
1: yeah there are some beautiful passages in this day. I really like um, yeah. this day, and it does start with a tenth for the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. but it looks at giving as a way that like we recognize that everything we have is God's and from God. and so giving is an act of worship that is a way of stating that, like yeah. I'm giving this like, back. I'm giving and quotes yeah. this back to God, which he has loaned to me. (laughs) It's like
0: what we talked about last week when we were talking about the Sabbath and like Sabbath rest is the statement, like resting from our work is the statement that it turns out that we do not hold all things together. Right. It's this acknowledgement that he holds all things together.
1: It feels similar. Yeah. Yeah. Tasha, looking at chapter 15, Mm -hmm. would you read seven through 11 for us? And this, we were talking about the heart of the matter, so to speak. This has an interesting aside on that as well.
2: Absolutely. If there is a poor person among you, one of your brothers within any of your city gates in the land of the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward your poor brother. Instead, you are to open your hand to him and freely loan him enough for whatever need he has. Be careful that there isn't this wicked thought in your heart. The seventh year, the Year of canceling debts is near, and you are stingy toward your poor brother and give him nothing. He will cry out to the Lord against you, and you will be guilty. Give to him, and don't have a stingy heart when you give. And because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work, in everything you do. For there will never cease to be poor people in the land. That is why I'm commanding you, open your hand willingly to your poor and needy brother in your land. Wow. I mean— and can I tell mm-hmm. y'all a story and I want to be careful how I say it cuz I wouldn't ever want somebody to recognize themselves but because I work for a church often I'll have people who come and you know as a representative of the church they you know have an idea of a way that we can help people through like a program type of thing so sure. I had lunch with a couple of ladies and they really I mean such legitimate needs and I was so sympathetic and they were honestly just a little bit older than my adult daughter so I just felt very motherly towards them and so they present all these ideas that you know about maybe helping with education for some people and this that and the other and I said okay well I sit under a lot of authority but I'll take this back and it hit me between the eyes the next morning y'all I mean if you think I'm holy and righteous I just want to tell you how long it took me to get it and I emailed him back and I was like hey so Maybe we just need to connect you with some people that can help. Like, rather than making a big program that could take a year to fundraise and everything else, and then, like, one of them had a very specific need that I could easily take care of. And so I, you know, texted this person Hmm. offline. I was like, Do you have a Venmo? Because actually, I could just take care of that. Like, I think we need to get out of this mindset that the church is just the only people responsible. Because God is making it very clear here. I mean, the 10th was to go to the Levites, but he's saying basically right here, unless I'm reading it wrong and correct me if I am, but he's saying in addition to that tithe mm-hmm. that takes care of the Levites, take care of your poor your poor and needy brothers and sisters, right? And that's I think right. sometimes we want to write our check and be done. And that's not the mm-hmm. sentiment right. that I'm reading in Deuteronomy.
1: Yeah, that's, I that's agree. Good. And you're saying it's not just the responsibility of the church as an institution, but it's right. our responsibility as, as we the church, the, right. people, as the, church, we the, the church. body of Christ.
2: Exactly. Yeah. That's,
1: that's right. Good. Yeah. And I know yeah. the
2: context is different, but again, this I don't I think the sentiment there is still the same that God's people, yeah. these were God's people. He's speaking to his people just like
1: we are his people. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And it's all because, you know, here we are. We're still, this is still Moses delivering all of the like, hey, remember, here's your history. Here's the law. Here are the specific laws and expounding on that. And he goes from this about, you know, you've got taking care of the poor, release of slaves, consecration of firstborn animals, like so many things, right? (laughs) And then we get into chapter 16, feasts and festivals. And which is just another reminder of like, the heart of all of this is remembering who God is, what Mm -hmm. he has done, and keeping our hearts oriented to him. Because when our hearts are oriented to him, we are going to give yeah. and love though you know and give to those in need and love our neighbors That's to right. put it in new testament language in deuteronomy 16 the importance of hey i want you you know reminder god has asked us to observe these specific festivals and here's why. It's to remember. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. to, and it's in that remembering we have clearly demonstrated yeah. we're very bad at it. We're not
0: great at this. We're not great. Yeah.
1: So if it's on the calendar, even better. Yeah.
0: Yes. It's funny because it feels like chapter 16 takes this like hard right turn. Like we were talking about giving, and then now we're talking about festivals. But it's all so intertwined right. in obedience and recognition mm-hmm. of who God is. We give because of who God is and what He That's has right. done. And these festivals are just these it's their church calendar. Like yeah. it's their like regularly scheduled time lest they forget yes. to remember mm-hmm. and worship God for what he has done. We sometimes think let's worship God for what he's going to do. Like I praise you for what you're going to do. I know you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Or for what he's done, you know, for me today or this week or this year. The Israelites are being asked to remember and worship God for what he has done. And so are we. That's right. That's why we have our church calendar. Advent's coming. And we have that on our calendar, not because we love lights and Christmas and presents, but because it is our time, like Lent. Like, it is our time to go... Let us never forget yep. what That's God did so good uh, for yeah. us. And let us never stop worshiping him for that. But lest we do stop worshiping, it's gonna come around again next year. And we're gonna remember again. And we're gonna worship him for what he
1: did. Amen. Because right. the things we say we'll never forget. Yeah. I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this. For sure yeah. for God. But that. I probably will. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. exactly. Yes. Probably for me, personally, I'm going to ask you guys how you felt. The most difficult day of reading for me in this week was for sure day 12, getting into Deuteronomy 17. And yeah, I see you smiling at us, Tasha. (laughs) And I'm still, I'm thinking of all of our friends listening, and I'm thinking of the women of your church gathered around opening this for the first time, you know, and Mm -hmm. like, if we were sitting in your living room, (laughs) and we were reading Deuteronomy together... Because we're not going to apologize for God's word. No. Right? Because this is God's word. Absolutely not. That's right. And this is. In fact, we're going to give thanks for it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because this too is showing us not just his justice and his holiness, also his goodness. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. I mean, we say that every
0: part of scripture is good news because of Jesus. And like this That's is right. where the rubber meets the road. And you go, no, this is good news because of why? Because Jesus. Yeah. Right. Because we need him <laughs> and because he came.
1: Yeah. That's right. That's So if I'm sitting on your living room floor, Tasha and I say, talk to me about how this, I'm going to say, Tasha, <laughs> this, I understand that idolatry is forbidden, that we are to love the Lord our God mm-hmm. with all yeah. our heart and yeah. all our souls, which means, and he also specifically tells us in the Ten Commandments, it is a commandment That's to right. put no other gods before me That's and right. to have no carved image, no idols. So here is this instruction that is not being given for the first time, but it is being given where Moses is saying, if someone is discovered doing evil violating the covenant with the Lord, serving other gods. You're going to investigate it thoroughly. I'm paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. You're going to investigate it thoroughly. You're not going to just take one person's word for it. You're going to take at least two or three. Mm -hmm. And if it is found to be true and they are found to be guilty, then you're going to stone them to death because we have to purge this evil from among you. So, And then I'm going to look at you, Tasha, and go, help me. I believe God is good. Show me God's goodness in here.
2: That's right. And I know
1: you're going to know what to say to me.
2: <laughs> well, well, it is hard. I mean, you know, and we've we've already yeah. kind of touched on this. It is hard, but here's the thing that I find so comforting, especially in the Old Testament. In fact, I've had some people sometimes mm-hmm. when I've taught Old Testament be like, gosh, I wish we could still cast lots. That would be so much easier. But but in the Old Testament, I've proposed that idea to Amanda recently. <laughs> could we, we cast lots on this? The Lord's no. sovereign Well, the Lord is walking so closely with them right now. And He is is tabernacling with them. He is in constant communication. And so the first thing I would say is, there's not going to be somebody that slips through the cracks here. OK, these are mm-hmm. God's people, just like he is tending to the land of Canaan. Mm-hmm. He is tending to these people. And he that's has right. put provision in place in these passages that would make it to where there is going to be some checks and balances. Because remember, he's a just God. So that's what we know about him. So whatever yes. whatever justice right. takes place right here is going to be just. And so we don't that's have right. to, it's not like we're going down to Harris County in Texas and just you know getting what we get with the judge and maybe he's he's a good judge maybe he's not or she he or she uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know we don't want to but it's still hard but again it's that idea of what is the bigger picture going on here the bigger picture is that God is setting His people up to change the world to bring salvation to all and I heard um, one of our pastors That's recently right. came good. in and talked and said do you know in the Old Testament God is using His people to draw people inward to Israel. Israel was supposed to be the epicenter. Israel were the people of God, and they were to be drawing people to their worship of the one true God. In the New Testament, we are to go out— so we start from center and then we go out into the world. That's the great commission. And so at this point, if we're the epicenter, if Israel is the epicenter of what God is trying to do, then they have to be pure. And so it's keeping that yeah. bigger picture. Right. I mean, we know that God does not want anybody to perish, and so He's making it very clear. He's giving them the opportunity to know what's going to get them in trouble. He's repeating it. He's showing mercy. This is not on a sneak them. attack. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. And He's not yeah. going to just let one person condemn them. I mean, you know, it says Mm -hmm. uh, that there's going to have to be the testimony of two or three. I think I've lost where I was in the scripture, but you're right. So it's, again, it's just, it's understanding who God is and understanding too, and y'all know this, I mean, we all deserve death. Our sin has already put, like, this is what we all deserve. Mm. Justice means that every one of us
0: should be taken out in stone. That's right. That's right. Every one of us on this call, and every one of us listening, and that is like such a hard thing to say or hear, and it is true,
1: and that's where we see Jesus. Well, because the standard is God's holiness, right? That's right. That we cannot attain. Yeah, that's right. I'm so thankful, Tasha, that you reminded us, me sitting on your floor, (laughs) that God is so near to them, and He is making a point, a very intentional point, to live among them and give them away. Mm To dwell with them, it reminded me of something we read last week, and this is back in Deuteronomy chapter four, and it's back when Moses is still kind of giving them the flyover of their story as God's people. And this is uh, chapter four, verse seven. Actually, I'm going to back up to part of six. So when they they other people when they hear about all these statutes, they will say, "This great nation is indeed a wise and understanding people." Moses says, for what great nation is there that has a God near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call on Him? Mm. And what great nation has righteous statutes and ordinances like this entire law I set before you today? And it just, we can't compare, you know, we tried last week to compare God's law a little bit to like other laws of the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we can't compare God's law to other law Mm -hmm. because they don't have the benefit of God at the center of that, of the one who is perfectly just, Mm -hmm. perfectly righteous, perfectly loving, and with his people, Mm -hmm. a God who dwells with his people. I'm so thankful for that reminder. I
0: love that he gives thanks for this law as he's Mm -hmm. delivering it and reminding it. So I mentioned that we're reading through Deuteronomy and the law at church right now. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I had never thought about before, we've talked about how Moses is, and we're going to read about it more as we get further in, but how Moses won't get to enter the promised land. That's right. Because of his disobedience. Like that story that we read um, is in actually, I think, Numbers 20. We've talked on this podcast before, we talked with Lisa Harper about this, Mm -hmm. how like the beauty is that while he didn't get to enter the promised land, we get to see on the Mount of Transfiguration that Moses does get to stand in the promised land with Jesus (laughs) by his side. And it's just this beautiful redeeming moment. And that's so every time I think about Moses not entering the promised land, that's where my mind goes. But in church, one of our pastors, Paul Lim, was talking about it. And he said, there is no name more synonymous with the law of God than Moses, Mm -hmm. right? Like, he he received the law, he gave the law, he interpreted the law. Like, Moses, it's called the Mosaic Law. Like, it's named after (laughs) him, right? And he said that Moses, the name most synonymous with the law, did not get to enter the promised land means that perfect keeping of the law is not what gives us access to the promised land. He said, instead... He needed Jesus to enter the promised land. And so the perfect keeping of the law, that name synonymous with the law, not having access, but by Jesus, is what we're seeing here over and again. Even the giving of these hard laws and this justice, Mm -hmm. that even Moses succumbed to justice, to what was right in the eyes of God and Jesus. That's so good. And in the end, Moses got to see the promised land with Jesus. I just think that's
2: beautiful. Mm.
0: Absolutely that is Jesus. Okay. I know we're at the end of our time. We are. But but here's the thing that we just can't miss. You know, Tasha, that we love to spend an hour opening God's word, and in this case, Deuteronomy, and talking about the beauty, goodness, and truth we found there. And honestly, I just want to thank you, first of all. Yes for so much. You're a beauty, goodness goodness and truth seeker. And you showed it to us, and yeah, did. I'm so, mm-hmm. so thankful. I knew this conversation was going to be good. I loved it. So thank oh, you. Good. I did too. And then at the end of our episode, we like to ask you, our guest, where in your life are you seeing beauty, goodness, or truth that just points you
2: to Jesus? Well, that's an easy question right now because of where I am. And I've just got to tell you, so my, yeah. husband, my husband got a national park pass, and that is what we've been doing. I've actually been on a guys trip with me and my daughters and my husband. <laughs> we've been
1: off <laughs> we've been,
2: But I just don't—it just reminds me so much, especially in Old Testament, how God screams through His creation— it, yeah. <laughs> that anybody could think any of this is accidental. His goodness, mm-hmm. His beauty, the fact, I mean, even being in a desert like I am in Utah right now, that God could have cared for His people in a place like this for 40 years. I mean, that they're saying, I'm telling you, I have already like torn up my toes from, you know, like my shoes, that their <laughs> yeah. shoes didn't wear out. Like literally, it's just like the scripture is just coming alive. I think I've really loved that I've been studying Deuteronomy while I've been here because it's just, I can kind of transport myself to a similar type place and realize God is so good. Oh, I and love then that. too, the other thing, we just finished summer Bible study at this past summer at Prestonwood and just to see the aha moments when women get it. So we just we've started just going through the Bible. Like that's what we do. Yeah. Right? We just go through the book of Hosea. You know, it's not big homework things. It's we're going to read the Bible, we're going to ask whatever questions you want to ask. What does it say? What does it mean? What does it mean to me? What does it tell me about mm-hmm. God? You know, all the things. You know, you guys have been doing this very well for a very long time. That's what we're doing. We're taking after what you guys do, just reading. That's awesome. And and when you see that light come on, a woman in her <laughs> 70s came up to me recently and said, I have never read the Bible mm. like this. I I don't know where I've been. I mean, you know, and so, golly, I just feel like the Lord gives That's me a amazing. front row seat to see what He's up to. And it is just one of the highest privileges I have in my life, honestly, to, to see women get it, to see them getting God's Word and realize hate. I know something about God that I didn't know for the years up to this point because I've studied yeah. his word. And to find it for ourselves yes, by opening beautiful. his word and reading yes. it ourselves.
0: It's, <laughs> I love that people can learn listening to this podcast and like sermon podcast and whatever Absolutely. else and even going to church. But when we open God's word for ourselves and learn, like there's just something so wonderful and mm-hmm. special about
1: that. It's beautiful. It I love that. There thank is. you. Tasha, thank you so much. Also, will You're you just a- send us
0: a photo of the desert? I want to see yes. your view. <laughs> We'll put it in the show notes. I have so and many. And so people can see the it. The <laughs> <Yeah>. I feel <laughs>
1: okay. like we need to think <laughs> like, Yeah, that
0: would be fun. That would yes, be fun. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are out of time, but we will come back next week for week three of Deuteronomy yes. with our friend George Grant.
1: Dr. George Woo-hoo. Grant himself George Grant. will be here. He, and I,
0: was he last with us for Ecclesiastes? Is that right?
1: That sounds right. I just know that we are gonna learn some things. Bring your pencils and your papers, mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. It's gonna yes. we're gonna learn a lot. It's yeah. gonna be
0: great. Anyway, I am just so thankful for this episode, Natasha, to you. And friends listening, you know that our goal with this podcast is that it would encourage you and excite you to be a woman in the Word of God every day this week. This is not a replacement for reading your Bible this week. This is your pep talk. So (laughs) get going. Be a woman in the Word of God every day this week. And then also our other goal is just to model conversations about Scripture. Mm -hmm. And so we hope that in listening to Amanda and Natasha and me, Talk about God's word. I hope that it excites you to have conversations with your friends or family also. Yeah. So, okay, that's all. Tasha, until next week, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bibles.